0: January 22nd, 2018. The government shut down four days ago, and the stress is taking its toll on the others. We've ran out of cheese and milk on Saturday, and without a miracle, there will be no more wick deliveries for the foreseeable future. This morning, I had to reconstitute powdered creamer so that I could have milk on my cranberry almond mousseless. Tina's in the corner crying, rocking back and forth. Her postmodern feminism poetry group was canceled because the library shut down when the government went dark. They were trying to find another venue at the last minute, but the only place is a coffee shop that reserves its space for paying customers. How can she be expected to pay? The welfare checks are late. Bunch of bourgeois capitalist pigs. John spent four hours begging people for food before someone finally bought him his gluten-free avocado toast that he needs for his medical condition. He could have died, man. He could have died. Roger and Pat have been hashtagging Donald Trump's Twitter account all morning, like the internet warriors that they are. Hashtag white patriarchy. Hashtag racist. Hashtag Hitler. Hashtag Melania blink twice if he rapes you. Hashtag, I'm with her. Something has to change, and soon. Help us, Chuck Schumer. You're our only hope. My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin (laughs) bombing in five minutes.
1: Alright, so this is awkward. Uh, We were supposed to talk about the government shutdown, but... I mean, not counting the weekend, half a business day after it began, it is already over because shut down Schumer shut himself down. I mean, I was expecting a battle royale, like a fight for the ages, and it lasted literally like four and a half hours. I mean, you know, because most government offices aren't open on Saturday and Sunday. So really, we're talking like we're talking half a day, man. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. I've never seen the, uh, the, the Democrats capitulate so quickly. I, I really expected a little bit more from them. But this is, uh, this is kind of in line with a party of the jellyfish, you know, completely spineless. They just collapse. Put a little bit of pressure on them and oh, there they go. So, uh, I mean, I still remember on Friday, right, uh, when, the, when, the, when the whole process began, I posted a comment on Twitter that was not well received at all. And uh, the comment was that we need 60 votes in order to pass a spending bill, and we can't have any um, filibusters. Because if you have a filibuster, uh, that's going to push it past the voting deadline, and it's just going to have to move the entire process into the next session, so nothing will get passed before the shutdown deadline. And uh, I said, so that the Democrats hold, hold the chips here. They need to come to the table, because the Republicans have mustered uh, everyone that they're, they're going to bring to the table, right? All, all the viable Republicans are are at the table. There was a couple of holdouts, including McConnell. But uh, unlike the Democrats who always vote with their leader, uh, the Republicans did not vote with McConnell. The vast majority of Republicans were on board to to pass this thing. And uh, they even got five Democrats to come across the aisle. And, uh, you know, they were just just shy of few votes. And look, they're not going to get Ron Paul to vote with them. Alright, this guy's trying to sell books and he's gonna run for president for the ninth time. So he is trying to make a, a name for himself as the guy who goes against the grain of his own party. So look, you just not you're not gonna bring those those like, you know, four Hellraisers, four or five Hellraisers back into the fold. You're better off Focusing on the Democrats because there is a lot more of them, and there are plenty of Democrats that are middle ground Democrats. They're centrists. They're pretty easy to bring across, and uh, you know I think most of them saw the writing on the wall, anyways. And uh, you know I think they just kind of humor Chuck Schumer on uh, on voting with him because I mean, look, as soon as Chuck said that he was done, that he was capitulating, man, he brought a whole bunch of them along. So it's you know half of the host of heaven fell. It was, uh, it was pretty impressive to see. But, uh, you know, I got a lot of hate mail because I made the suggestion that, that the, uh, the Democrats own this. Uh, in fact, it was so bad that Twitter actually asked me if I wanted to put in some filters because I was getting a lot of angry replies. Uh, that's a pretty neat feature for Twitter to have. I didn't know that it, that it had that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so everybody was pretty upset that uh, I called the Democrats out on this, and then it turns out that the Democrats called themselves out. Because that's essentially what they're doing when they capitulate like this, right? Because I mean, what, what did they, what did they bargain for here? I mean, what did they, what was the hard negotiation? Uh, you know, the Republicans brought up three measures. They gave, they gave them three opportunities to pass pass the spending bill, and every single time the Democrats said no. And then before there was really anything else to be done, all of a sudden Chuck Schumer said, "All right, we give up," I mean, and that was it. And I think the only capitulation that was made by the Republicans is that we'll talk about DACA at some point. You know, so it's, it's really, it's really kind of strange. So the government is, is back in action. It's, um, it's going to get funded. Uh, the, uh, the funding is going to last until just after the State of the Union address in February, uh, at which point there might be another government shutdown looming. But, you know, in all probability, it's probably going to go similar to this. Uh, if not much easier, because I think the Democrats really embarrassed themselves. And I don't think they're going to get away with round two. They're just not going It's not going to be well received, especially since they didn't fight at all this time. No one's going to take them seriously. You know, it's like the skinny kid in your in your fifth grade math class who says that he's got a black belt in karate and uh, no, nobody believes you. Nobody believes you. All right. And that's uh, that's kind of the Democrats right now. They're uh, they're the kid that nobody believes. So, but uh, you know, what does that leave us uh, today? I mean, we're supposed to be talking about the government shutdown, and the government shutdown's over. So we got to figure out something else to talk about. So stay tuned, and we'll come back with something interesting. All right, thanks for listening. All right, and we're back. So what are we talking about? Well, Vermont made it legal to smoke recreational marijuana. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Vermont, I am not talking about the town in Texas, although I am quite sure that it's got a denser population than the state of Vermont, which is sandwiched between New York and New Hampshire. It is Bernie Sanders country. So in the great state of Vermont, it is now legal for you to smoke up. Recreationally, it is no longer illegal, which strikes me as kind of odd because the state of Vermont is currently in the middle of a heroin addiction crisis. Yeah, so uh, their solution was to legalize marijuana because nothing battles addiction like legalizing recreational drugs. It kind of seems to me like they're committing, uh, you know, social and cultural suicide. But I mean, who am I to judge? But, you know, uh, you know I, do, I, do have a, I do have a horse in this race because I grew up in the state of Vermont. And uh, while I am a supporter of uh, legalizing marijuana, I think it's probably not something that the state of Vermont should really be focused on right now, especially in the middle of a heroin crisis, right? Because, I mean, can you get the needle out of their arm before you stick a pipe in their mouth? Like, can we focus on that, please? So uh, if you don't know anything about Vermont, right, it's got some pretty long winters. And uh, there are some uh, pretty strict development laws in the state of Vermont. They they, they want to keep Vermont green. They want to keep Vermont beautiful, right? They, they don't want any eyesores. So there's a lot of things that they won't let in, like Walmart and... Uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, these, these giant corporations, they don't want them in there uh, because they think it's going to take away from the natural beauty of the place, which might be true, but that is, of course, crushing to the economy. And, uh, you know, having grown up there, I just happen to know that most people there um, either work really, really, really long hours at really hard jobs or they're on welfare. And there's not much to do to entertain yourself except to get high which explains why a lot of people there are pushing junk into their veins. But instead of trying to revitalizing the economy and working on the addiction crisis, their first priority is to legalize marijuana, which is just absolutely mind boggling. Well, you know what, I hope it works out for them. Maybe they can revitalize the economy by getting some of these drug addicts into the head shops to peddle some weed. Just be careful because they're probably going to smoke all of your supply. Anyway, that's uh, my two cents on that. Leave me a comment. I'd love to hear what you think about legalization of marijuana in Vermont. We'll be back after this. Alright, guys. Uh, welcome back to the last segment. And uh, we're going to take a question from Twitter. Andy on Twitter wants to know, Plant based? do you think that marijuana is a gateway drug? Uh, well, Andy, I do. I do think that marijuana is a gateway drug. And uh, even if you ignore the overwhelming statistical evidence that people who start with marijuana eventually end up moving on to harder drugs. Even if, you, And I understand that there is a correlation and causation argument to be made there as, as far as the logical fallacy is concerned. But if you ever want to know something for sure, uh, go ahead and try it yourself, right? Uh, which is, of course, bad advice, right? Like if you want to know if it feels good to be run over by a train, go ahead and try it. No, don't do that. Um, I think probably in this case, you're probably better off trusting the evidence. But that being said, I have personal experience with the matter. Okay. Um, I have smoked before I smoked heavily. In fact, at one point in my life and, uh, the, the way that it worked out is, uh, me and my compadres started off, uh, not naming names. We started off with marijuana. Uh, and it eventually expanded into pharmaceutical drugs we started uh, snorting ritalin and uh, after that it went into mushrooms and uh, lsd and uh, you know some of them even went even further and i had to separate myself from that culture i had to make a conscious decision to look at myself and look at my life and and decide you know there is a fine line between experimentation and a lifestyle and uh, so I decided to get away from that and clean up my act and do something with my life. And uh, so thankfully, I was never addicted to any uh, to any of the hard drugs. Uh, I mostly dabbled in drugs that weren't really that addictive. Um, but I'm pretty sure that if I would have made a fatal mistake and let's say, uh, I don't know, tried heroin, for example, I would probably not be where I am right now, um, being as happy and successful and uh, as fulfilled as I am in my life. So, yeah, you know, from personal experience, I think absolutely marijuana is a gateway drug and uh, y- you're not going to convince me otherwise with statistics. I've seen it with my own eyes I've felt it with my own body I, I-, I simply know it to be the case that it is in fact a gateway drug and that that one high leads to another. Um, that being said, why am I a, uh, a proponent of legalization? Well, that is a, a libertarian argument that that i believe that you know first and foremost i think that you as an individual you have a primacy of domain and primacy of self-determination when it comes to you and your life and your body and and your domain and so i don't think that government should be able to tell you what to do with your body uh, especially when it comes to something as 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 light as marijuana, right? Because I think marijuana is a much easier going drug, um, both with externalities, as in how it affects the environment and those around you, as it does uh, on your own body, the impact on your body. It's a much lighter drug than alcohol, for example, right? Um, and I don't know that there's some people who would argue that that it's just as bad or if not worse. But again, judging from personal experience, no, it's not. No, It, it absolutely is not worse than alcohol. And, and so I find it kind of hypocritical for us to have you know legalized medical cocaine right you take any kind of uh, medicine that's derived from cocaine like Novocaine uh, Tropicane lidocaine all of these canes are uh, you know variations chemical variations uh, from the cocaine plant from from cocaine Uh, but we don't want to legalize medical marijuana right for all of its uh, harmless but incredibly potent effects and and benefits. So I think, you know, I think the culture needs to change. I think people need to be able to make their own decisions on marijuana. And unlike heroin, marijuana does not have staggering externalities. I am absolutely against the legalization of hard drugs like heroin or cocaine because they have massive externalities. They ruin communities. They absolutely destroy families and individuals. And, uh, you know, so there has to be a, a fine line at some point People have to be allowed to be adults and make their own decisions when it comes to things like whether or not they wanna smoke some reefer. And here's the thing, they're gonna do it anyways, so why not make an economy out of it? Why do you wanna give all that money to the cartel? Why do you wanna give all that money to criminals who literally kill thousands of people over this little green plant? So, yeah, I'm absolutely pro-legalization. But, absolutely, it is also a gateway drug. So, make of that what you will. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Again, if you guys want to chat, hit me up on Twitter. I am at the Mark with a C, Byron with an I. At the Mark Byron. And that account name is Plant Based Politics. Thanks for listening, guys.